No. We'll figure it out. And we're live. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Smoke Shack Live. Number 20. Two zero. Just give us a second while we... Get some shares going on here. Get all this set up. I'm pretty right. excited for our guest tonight, man. Yeah? I yeah, I am. I, I think, uh, I don't know Toby very well, but I know Tyler. We actually lived together for six months. Cool. So I was there at the beginning of his, his, his journey on the, on the path that he's currently on. Excited to hear about that. I would like wake up in the morning and come down and there'd be, we had this projector screen in the house. Yeah. We lived in this crazy big house and there was like four of us in there and I'd come down and he'd have like some sort of like crazy Indian like <laughs> Vishnu thing going on on the screen and this like meditation music. He'd be down there doing yoga or something. That was crazy. That was your introduction to him. Yeah, I was. That was. I was well, there. Why don't we? Kids loved him. They're gonna be smoking and drinking with us, so we let's bring them on now so that we can. All right, let's do that. Talk about all that together. Hey guys, welcome to another. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> there they are. It's Toby and Tyler. Welcome, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> So, uh, Dan partly int introduced introduced you, but uh, do you guys want to say a little bit about yourselves? Cause I, I don't know you at all, so. Take it away, Ty. Fair enough. Well, hi, Jason. My name's Tyler, and Toby and I do a podcast together called The Self. It's um, basically the two of us having conversations that um, most people aren't having on a regular basis, so... We're really just yes, doing yes. our part to put a nice message out there and see what the people think. Personally, cool like, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, personally, for me, like what Dan was saying, we used to live together. Um, I was on the spiritual path. I've been, I've devoted myself to yoga and understanding the state of being beyond just the physical, going in more to the unknown and just constantly putting myself into that unknown to see what comes back. And it always just points me back to myself again, back to center, back to center. All those mornings of waking up doing my Vishnu, as you said, it's been paying off. That's for sure. You know, I can actually attest to Dan's struggle with the Vishnu stuff because it was, it was uh, Shiva with you. Shiva, Shiva, Shiva Shambo every morning when I was trying to get my sleepy, sleeping, sleeping. I used to live with him. This is how we actually, well, kind of the, the it's funny. So on our podcast, we talk, uh, one of our intros um, was about how we had met. And at the time I was working at a hotel downtown and he was working at a yoga studio and, you know, an interaction kind of happened there where, you know, I, I was trying to make some money off the yoga studio at the time. And his deal back was fine. We have to take some classes from me. And I was like, all right, fine. Like we'll make the deal. And it actually started a friendship. And lo and behold, a few months later, uh, our, my landlord at my house uh, comes up and says, hey, 
the new roommate is here. He wants to you come up and meet him. And who the hell is it? But it's Tyler. I was like, what the hell the goddamn odds? Right? That's so every moment. morning I wake up to him on the couch singing Shiva Shiva Shambo. I'm like, what the hell just happened here? <laughs> Holy crap. And he wouldn't just play it. He would blare it. Like it was loud. I was like, okay, well. Oh yeah. I got the, it's the whole house. I love to sing, man. You know, there's nothing that makes me feel better than just singing, you know, getting up and chanting a good mantra. It's a good time. I'll have to come over to the, to the smoke shack with you guys and chant it up. Get a nice mystical poker game going on. It's not tiresome at all. No, that's fine. Sounds like a good sitcom show. Honestly, we could have made it into one. With the people we had living in that house. Yep, yep. It it just might be a thing. You never know what's next. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, um, thanks for that. That was a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, so this part of the show, we will talk about the cigars that we're smoking. <laughs> okay. Which is very brief. I'm I'm smoking a Bravos tonight from the cheap oh, yeah. section. It's a good Doug Daily smoker. A Doug Daily. I've got a uh, Camacho going on. This is uh, you know middle shelf. So it's a uh, it's a nice dark cigar. I quite enjoy it. I got myself yeah. actually brother with. Uh... Brother with Dan here, I got a Camacho as well. So lo and behold, but this is the uh, Connecticut. Light, medium bodied. It's a nice, easy smoke. Straight from the top shelf. Top shelf, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the top shelf, hey, okay. I thought I was getting my smoke from the top shelf. A nice big. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. He only smokes God's clean air. Nice. <laughs> So not what I remember. How the times have changed. Yeah, Toby definitely helped me with that a lot. You know, one day we were out at El Tequero, that nice uh, Mexican spot, having some tacos. And he's like, you know, man, when you smoke weed, you're just kind of different. You know, you're, you're not the same. And I... I don't know if I like it very much. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man? Thanks for telling me that. I'm going to give that some thought and I'm going to look into it. So, yeah, I basically dropped that and I've moved on. And, yeah, I'm pretty straight edge. I do like to have fun here and there. You know, we're having some of this. What's it called, Toby? Monkey shoulder. We're having the monkey's shoulder right now, enjoying a date with you two lovely gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking Dewar's White Label. Nice, Ooh. nice. It's all my bottom shelf stuff tonight. Wow, we didn't get the top stuff, eh? We got to work hard on our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need, we need better sponsors. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, anyone out there? <laughs> yeah, 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 send it on. TylerDefreitas slash PayPal.com. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, do you have a favorite cigar, or are you just uh, occasional smoker? 
I I really like Davidoff, but I mean, who the hell can afford to smoke Davidoffs regularly? Uh, yeah, they're uh, expensive. If I was to go with like a more regular day smoking cigar, like I do like the Romeo and Juliet's decent price for I find a relatively smooth cigar, so that's kind of usually my go-to there. So you you like the Cubans? Mm -hmm. I Maybe I do. Are. There's where is it from? Uh, well, there's a there's a few. Um, where the hell was that from? Nicaraguan cigars that I've had. I can't remember the name of it. The ones that have beautiful crest on the label. Uh, if you know oh, what I'm talking uh, my father's? Not my father's. That's Magna? Possibly. I can't remember yeah. the name. It'll come to me. Yeah, I, I like it. the Dominican Nicaraguan cigars better than the Cuban. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm in that same boat. I find them to be a little bit darker, a little more smooth. A little less peppery. Mm, okay, fair enough. Do you guys inhale the cigars? No. Well, I, no, do. I don't. You might. <laughs> I'd say I inhale about 30% of it. Okay. 30 40. Yeah, yeah. I don't try to, but... It, mean, it just happens. After smoking cigarettes for so many years before I quit that, like, it's an old habit. Okay. Fair I've enough. never had a cigarette, so... Probably don't start... It was a bitch. Yeah, no. Quit. There's no uh, desire to <laughs> inhale. That's good. Yeah. So, what do you guys? Your your uh, podcast is called the Self. What do you guys? Because I don't know y'all. You just talk to each other, or do you have guests? And we just talk to each other. It's a conversation between the two of us. Um, Toby is an amazing writer, so his mind is always going on these super interesting topics. So for the most part, he's coming at me with some really put together beautiful thoughts and I respond to it and we do a nice back and forth from that. Um, we are open to exploring interview style and stuff like that, but for now we've released six episodes and all conversations between Toby and I. Yeah. Yeah, the podcast really it's it's in its infancy for sure since we've started yeah. it at the beginning of this year and you know Tyler and I we we've always had very an interesting relationship for sure um, two completely different walks of life um, that somehow seem to come together you know decently well my fine. yeah <laughs> I think it works and uh, it's funny you know what really kicked it off was this the coming at the end of 2020. Um, you know, I, I worked in the hotel industry uh, before COVID happened and, you know, I lost my job, got it back, kind of lost it again. And it was in a weird spot myself and Tyler Ketchy came out to Toronto and we sat down at this patio in this little restaurant in the middle of freaking winter there. <laughs> I think it was like December. In, <laughs> in Toronto? Yeah, yeah, I was in Toronto at the time because uh, I had moved there for work. Um, and, you know, we started talking and, you know, I... I mean, I owe a lot to this guy who's helped me through uh, some difficult times, and we started, uh, you know, having conversations and, and going deep about it. And I believe it was it was your friend who was there with us at the time. He was like, "You guys should get this together and then put a podcast together." <laughs> and you're like, "You know what? Maybe we will. Just maybe we will." And and then you know, it just kind of happened organically when we came back and we said, "Look, what are the things that we think people need to hear, and and, and how do we how do we put together?" How do we make having deep conversations comfortable? Because it seems along the way that 
it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about those things that you're the most guarded or most afraid about. And the only way to really kind of get around them and get through them is to begin a conversation. So that's kind of the goal with our podcast is to try and begin the conversation and get it out there. That's great. So what kind of topics are you guys talking about? Oh, man. Talk about the last one. Um, well, yeah, we can talk about just the first and the last. So the first one, we talked about going through 2020. So the COVID change, how people are feeling, the way I've noticed it in my profession, how Toby has affected him and everything that he's doing. So that would be more current event stuff. All the way up to the last one where Toby, yeah, let them know these topics that you came up with here. Well, so the last one, we, we had been... I think building each podcast into kind of exploring more into the depths of of the self. The idea is to try and get down to the absolute core of it all and, and what do we think really constitutes a proper aim and why we fall short of that aim and, and what does it mean to to have a goal and a target in mind and to miss it and how to fall into you know into unknown waters and, and how to navigate yourself back out of that. And as we kind of progressed through this podcast, there was a question that was sort of burning in our minds. And it was, well, why should anyone listen to what we have to say? Like, like, like what makes us the individuals is that, you know, you would tune in to hear our thoughts. And that thought had kind of plagued us for a bit. And so when we, well, it was, I had a friend of mine who had sent me a very difficult um, TED talk to listen to. It was about violence. Um, specifically gender related and you know it struck a big chord with myself and I called Tyler and we talked a little bit about it and I said look like I've got there's so much stuff that I know that we're tackling at a conceptual level here but I think it's time we really bring it to some some concrete facts and some things and I'm willing to go out on a limb and and speak about some of you know the wrong that I've done and and how I think that this culture about being afraid to speak out and afraid of being judged for being vulnerable um, and talking about things like, you know, violence culture amongst men, violence culture of men towards women and how that silence perpetuates through not just levels of the self, but through levels of social groups to an entire construct of a society and beyond there. So we tackle difficult subjects like murdered and missing indigenous women, you know, what happened during the apartheid in South Africa and, and what are the possible means of moving through that and how did people move through that? So it was a difficult podcast for sure. And there's some, you know, some vulnerable moments and some hard stories to share. But our goal was to really break down, guys, how do we just start talking about this stuff? What's in the way? What are you afraid about? Can you be allowed to be wrong? in a society that's constantly shutting people down, cancel culture, people are afraid to speak out, people are afraid to share their minds. And it's unfortunate because it's only when we start talking about these difficult subjects, can we actually start to get some sort of solution around them. But if everyone's afraid to talk, then, well, that stuff just gets swept under the rug, you know? One of, one of the favorite things I appreciate about leaders is, is them saying that I was wrong or I've changed my mind. And that's rare. We don't we don't allow our leaders or ourselves to do that. But yet, like my twenty year old self and my forty year old self are very different. Just, mm. You know, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and for sure, I've changed. 
and we need to be allowed to like as individuals and as a culture and yeah it's uh it's great i love that it's that video that uh you shared with that girl and she was talking about how the asian girl and she was talking about how oh yeah like the me too movement and all the rest of that but what we don't have is a way back Mm. so like if somebody basically comes out is accused of whatever right and there's no way of there's no way for them to ever come back to culture they're just done forever there there's no way for them to go on a journey and and change and be something else like i mean tyler knows my story Mm -hmm. and you know we met when i was separated from my wife and my kids and i was dealing with ptsd and my wife uh left me because i was being abusive I wasn't hitting her, but I was yelling and screaming and punching walls and making everybody afraid. And when we make somebody afraid, that's when we're being abusive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was doing that. I did that for the first seven years we were married. And she finally reached a breaking point and I moved out and spent two years getting healthy, going through cognitive behavioral therapy, getting onto meds doing counseling, going to a support group. I still go to a support group every week. Good. And uh, now I'm back together with my wife and we have another kid and, you know, and we, I came full circle and I'm a hundred percent different than I was, you know, five years ago when we separated. I can attest to that. And, but it's like, you know, that could have been it for me. That could have been the end of it for me, you know, but you know, my wife gave me a chance to find the road back. And that's just not something we see so often. It's, it's, it's painful. It's hard. And it's part of what keeps guys quiet. Because if I talk about this, you know, this is a live show on the internet. I don't even know who's going to see this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like they, they could see this and that could be it. They could turn me off forever. I'm a business owner. I will never do business with them because the way I was years ago, yeah, and definitely. it's not who I am today, and my my wife will attest to that. My kids will attest to that. But it was a journey, and you know, it took a ton of vulnerability. But I know a lot of guys who won't step into that because they're afraid of what they'll lose. That's right. I remember when we lived together, and you were going through all of this. You were you were very focused. As much stuff that was coming at you, and that you were having to change and to work on yourself. You're focused. You're like, you know, this is my family. This is what's important to me. This is what I need to to get back together. All of your focus was wrapped around this while you're working, getting job, taking care of the kids, doing all this stuff. And I feel like that that is where these failure or breaking point moments really allow us to rise up and come through that fire. And once we just go on the journey, as soon as we start walking the journey, all of the people that we need will come into our lives, the tests, the trials, it all comes through. And we keep being focused and making our decision towards our focus. Inevitably, we come back on top and we create that union that we desired. So it's, uh, it's so beautiful. Your story in the past five years there shows all of that happening. And you really made that magic work in a quick way. Yeah, you know, Dan, I, I want to jump in on that comment too because, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that story because 
I think that it's important that you do. And I think one of the one of the ways of looking at, at talking about these things and, you know, absolutely the seems like the culture that we have built has has built a fear response about saying something like that, about what you've done. But what I think that is the more darker truth behind something like this is, well, what are the consequences of silence? What are those inappropriate consequences that are going to impact you should you not face that that hard truth? So you mentioned you went to your support groups and, and you saw people and you talked about it. You know, yes, that is brave and that's amazing. And that's that should be what's heralded. And instead of being afraid of sharing that, it should be sharing, hey, what would have happened if I didn't do that? You know, and what would have been the result had I not gone ahead and done that? Uh, you know, like that's a, <laughs> I am what that is. You know, I didn't, I'm not some mean guy that, you know, decided I was going to be mean to my wife and kids. You know, I have PTSD because I grew up in an extremely abusive family. My dad hit my mom and, you know, he'd hit us and yell and scream at us. And, you know, it was emotionally abusive, physically abusive, verbally abusive. You know, nobody knew what was going on. It was all behind closed doors. But, you know, had I continued on the road that I was on, you know, there's a good chance I was going to cost my kids their marriages one day. Yeah. That's a great point. That's yeah. that, you know, what's the consequence of not addressing this, right? What's the consequence of not yeah. going out there? And Dan saw it. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Man. Good. That's so, real. So cool. You know, and, and, you know, another comment to tack on to that too is, is about being stuck in that a place of not wanting to talk about it. So, I mean, you know, speaking from my own experience too, I mean, I went, you know, similar years without ever wanting to talk about my stuff and, and all that, that's that, that had been built up inside of me there. And, you know, I, I try and relate that to a culture of people of what's going on in the world today, where it's like, we're all just waiting for that one big horrible thing to happen that'll inspire us to go out and now we're going to go and talk about crap. Yeah. It's like, why does some horrible shit need to happen for us to be like, Oh, now I'm inspired to want to go out and deal with all of that stuff out there. And you, when you go out and you do that and you meet opposition and you, cause you're going to, whenever you test, you know, it's, 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 it's every mythological story wrapped up into one there. When you go out and you attest and you contend against that evil, you're going to have to expect to be ready for that evil to push back and fight on you. And however that's going to manifest inside you is going to pull up some dark demons and some, some horrible face. So if you're not ready personally and you haven't challenged those you know, things more core to the self, when you go and bring that out to the world, you're not going to be ready to how to face that, that evil and that darkness. And so there was a really good book. It's a very popular one. Um, the Subtle Art Not Giving a Fuck by Mark, uh, Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen? <laughs> yep. yep. And there's a really, really powerful line in that book that spoke to me so much. And it was about the motivation and, and inspiration kind of feedback cycle. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I loved about that comment is that, you know, so for instance, I'm a writer and sure, there are moments when inspiration hits me. I'm like, oh, I got to put this on paper. Yay. And I can go for days. And then there'll be weeks where I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't feel like anything's hitting me. And I don't know if I want to talk about that. And I don't know if I want to do it. And I'll just wait for inspiration to hit me. 
but that's the wrong approach to it. And I love what, what he said in that book was it was it's about action first. Action will create inspiration and inspiration will create the motivation to continue doing more action. So that's where we start. We start right at the core. Let's mm. talk. Just talk. Get it out there and start doing the actions and the rest, it'll start to flow. And it's a feedback cycle that will bring you to that next place. Have you read uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? I have not. It, he, he talks a lot about, he's a writer, and he, just, he talks about the amateur versus the professional. The amateur waits for inspiration, waits for motivation, where the professional just gets up and does it. And, and I think like a lot of all of our problems is, is we're waiting for that motivation to do what we know we're supposed to do, whether it's talk yeah. about the, the things in our lives that are holding us back, ask for help, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, we're acting like amateurs or children in a way, right? We're just, we're not, we're not really being the best. We're being far from the best. And uh, you would like that. Tom, That's you would like deal. that book. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna look that up. Art of what yeah. was the art of? Um, the war, the of, war art. of art by Stephen Pressfield. The war Pressfield. of art. The war, war of art. Not the art of war, yeah, but it's... the war of art. That's the Sun Tzu versus the reverse on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, what a good title. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a great book for like he, he's talking to writers and whatnot, but it's you know it's applicable for anybody doing anything, you know, creative, entrepreneurial. You know, just even showing up in life. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's that's a good Ain't that the truth. But that's a good truth, right? And and to relate what you've just said there with our with that last episode that we put out that you know has gotten a little bit of contention um, about what we said in that podcast. But it's about getting it out there and just taking that first step and trying. Let's let's get out there and let's try to do something like with this opportunity, because. You, you take that those concepts and you apply it to what just happened you know this week with with the um with the george floyd convictions and and what happened there and and that it, it's it's so sad that it took something so horrible like that and well countless other ones that have been going on for people to to start having that conversation and that's that whole concept of why does it need to be some horrible catastrophe to speak about what we know is wrong what we know is not okay and and what could be avoided what inappropriate consequences of silence much like you know dan and your story and and, and countless other ones could be avoided by saying i know it's not right it's time to talk about it and make that comfortable yeah i guess the question is how do you from a wider cultural perspective how do you how do you do that where is that safe to do that because it's it doesn't feel safe to put it out there hmm well, you start small. Start what's the closest to home. The people that are in your daily life that you love and you care for, you start the conversation with those people. And once you normalize that in a family unit, then it can start to become more comfortable with your friends, your close friends. Like Dan, we're here on a podcast all sharing this. Four men together sharing, I believe, is very, very powerful. So it starts with something like this. Once you get comfortable with your friends after that, then it's extended family. Those people that are like, ah, a few times they've rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not too sure about them, but you know, they're family. So we'll, we'll fake it. 
and don't fake it. Talk to them about it. Use your foundation of the bloodline to uh, to chat about it and talk about what's what you feel is bothering you. And like we've already touched all of us today is that we grow. We're different than who we were five years, 10 years, even 30 minutes ago, we're different. So if we can show show up to these people like they're a new person every time, we're really all going to let our guard down. And once we start to notice how much better we feel and people around us feel uplifted when we hang out with them rather than down and sad, then it becomes a cool thing. It becomes totally what we want to do. Once we've really become sensitive, and what I mean by sensitive is notice when I hang out with this group of friends and I leave feeling like shit, or when I hang out with these group of friends and I think like, damn, I'm ready to take over the world. <laughs> so you know who's actually there to uplift you and who's there that's bringing you down. From that, you start to push those away and bring those in. Comfortability really rises. Love and compassion grows. And then we have a community of a bunch of people that are feeling the same way. And when we start the journey, all of us will meet each other, no matter what we're doing. If it's getting a property built, if it's doing a poker game, if it's getting together for a podcast, we just end up meeting each other. And that's the beauty of this life. Yeah, that's cool. That's all, that's all like that. You know, Jason, you said something too, and it, it ties in what Tyler just said, and it's, it's sparked an idea in my head here. Um, one of the things that I've grown passionate about recently is listening and, and reading into um, ancient mythology. And you guys familiar with the story of Jason and the Argonauts? Roughly so. Okay. Not really. For those no. who aren't, I'm not. Give me a brief synopsis. Yeah. So, in, in, in all these Grecian mythologies and these tales, there's always some great demigod or a god who goes off and does these incredible things. And, and out of all these stories arises the story of Jason. He's not a demigod. He's not, you know, someone adorned by, you know, the world. What he is, 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 is he's just a man. He's just a guy. And what he did to earn, you know, the favor of the gods is by a simple act of kindness. The whole story starts out with him helping an old woman cross the river. And he carries her over and he loses his sandal along the way. And he's on his way to go talk to his uncle who usurped him, his father, as the king. And, you know, the, the usurper is, is told to be wary of the man in the one sandal for he'll come and take over your kingdom from you. And he loses this sandal helping this old woman across the river. And what this king does is he says, fine, Jason, you can have the throne. If you go and complete this task by retrieving the golden fleece. And so Jason's like, fine, I'll do that and I'll get all this fame. So he goes off on this quest, but he's just a guy and he's fighting all these unbelievable demigods and this crap. He should have never made it through. But the thing that makes Jason go through this whole story is he knows how to ask for help. And he constantly learns to accept help. And he knows when to accept it from his crew. He knows when to accept it from Hera, the, the goddess, the queen of the gods. And all the way through his story, he's constantly getting screwed over. Just constantly. But when he's in that spot, he acts. He, act, he errs on the side of action. And he never, ever 
refuses help. And he learns to take help from people. And there's there's this contrast in the story where the great Hercules comes to join him on his quest. And this guy, he just goes gallivanting, trying to be the show and do it all by himself. And he turns out to be rather quite useless in this entire odyssey of fighting beasts, which you know is where he's supposed to be and helping. But because he tries to do it all by himself, and Jason proves this in the story of reaching this his kingdom and, and becoming this you know immortal king that's known by all his people simply because he's brave, he knows how to ask for help, and he acts. And I just thought that was a beautiful story and a great message Oof, that perhaps, hmm. you know, we skip over when we hear these stories, right? None of us had heard of it, right? That sounds like one of the best <laughs> stories out there. Jason and the Argonauts. It's you, Jason. It's you. It's yeah. right there. Love it. I got to go read it for sure. Nice. Beautiful story. It's quite cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I didn't know that about it. I, you know, you just you hear the, sto- the title and then. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's what's beautiful in these ancient stories. You know, there's a lot of real deep lessons we can take from this stuff. And and, and I think that's yeah. why I've become you know, so interested in it lately. Are you familiar with Ryan Holiday and the, all his stuff on the Stoics? No, but the, the Stoic, uh, what's that book about the Stoics? You tell me the, the healthy Stoic or the new Stoic. It's interesting. Tell us about it. Well, I just... I, <clears throat> So I just subscribed to his his daily Stoic newsletter, and he just he talks a lot about Stoicism and all the like all the different kind of ideas that they um, you know perpetuate that he's trying to live live be live by. And anyways, you would love it. It's a daily it's a daily short email. Um, yeah, Ryan Holiday. Ryan, Ryan Holiday. Holiday. Okay. We got Ryan yeah, Holiday. On art or war of art. Yep. I, I literally carry a, a coin around with me. It's not on me right now, <laughs> but it's like, you know, the obstacle is the way. Basically, you know, for me, what it means is like all the hard things in front of you are the answer to everything I'm looking for. It's like being mm-hmm. open and vulnerable, doing the work that I don't want to do, you know, <laughs> getting up, saying yes when I need to. And, and I just, I keep it as a reminder just to be like, yeah the hard things in front are actually the way through and the way to what I want for life. Love it. It's Amazing. Kind of like stoic attitude. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. I wrote this quote on Facebook a while ago and it was, I, I was driving around one day thinking and I, it was the, the opposite of success is not failure. It's inaction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Even like, like in that's if we're not if we're not moving, if we're not doing, that's what's gonna prevent us from success, not failure. That's failure right. is part of the journey to success. Yes. <laughs> the most important stepping stone to success is learning to deal with our failures and to keep on coming back to what our focus is, back to that intention. Even in um, the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, you'll always see all of the people have one foot forward and one foot back. The only time you notice them with feet side by side is if they're dying or if they're in a certain type of a ceremony. Otherwise, it's always one foot forward. You're on the journey. And to what you were saying, Jason, all of that hard stuff coming up, you know, 
that is the way because at the deepest level that's your creation that is what you are utilizing in order to learn the lessons and bring yourself back to the truth all of these things that seem bad for us or tough for us and hard to do we are subconsciously creating that as our soul's mission for us to go through to finally be like wow i learned it okay shit that's the, that's the perspective <laughs> i needed oh damn and when i came to that realization i just started to laugh even more at life because it's my beautiful journey that uh that yeah it's all going down right from in here <laughs> oh yeah uh, like in business for me it's always i'll find myself in the same situation three or four times and then i'm like i'm losing my mind and my wife's like this has happened several times already what the hell are you not learning <laughs> What am I not learning here? <laughs> Thank God for my wife. Oh, yep. yeah, and that, that's what we call the cyclical nature, you know? If we haven't learned the lesson, it shows up in a slightly different package for us to learn it. And thank goodness for the beautiful women who are more tapped into their intuition. <laughs> and they can say like, hey, maybe take a step back from the frustration and notice. Yeah, that happened here, here, and here. Okay, I can work this out. <laughs> yeah, what's the common denominator, you know? <laughs> That's right. But you have to do it's that. Always right? me. Yeah, always me. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about that? And, and Tyler, you mentioned this actually on our last podcast. It was one of the final things that you said there was that I am responsible. I am responsible for everything that goes on around me. Everything. And not only the things that you actually have physical control over, but you're also responsible for how you act in response to those things around you. Mm. Because what you do mm -hmm. is a ripple in the pond. That's right. And, and you can't forget that. You can't forget that you are responsible. And that's why we link it all back to, you know, what's going on in, in, in your recent media about finally speaking up and having a goddamn voice and saying, I am here, damn it. Yep. I have some damn presence and I can do something. And, it's, and if I speak to a thousand people and only one person's mind changes, well, goddamn it, what's that one person going to do? What's that one person going to change? So you are responsible and That's you've made right. your stance known and you're going to so improve is, yourself. Is that the reason why you guys... Do your show then because you you asked the question you know are people going to listen to us and why are we doing this is is that is that enough for you if one if you change one person's mind yeah I think so. yeah for myself it's not even about changing anyone's mind it's about setting out a vibration and that vibration is going to reverberate back to me so i know what i'm putting out is from the goodness of my heart and with the beautiful spirit of my friend here so yeah if that vibration goes out I'm already content with that. How it bounces back to me is another beautiful step on my journey. And from what I've heard, people are enjoying it. My favorite quote from one of our listeners is, I'm very slowly and uncomfortably <laughs> listening to it, although it's creating some it. of the biggest changes in my life. That is, <laughs> that awesome. I love that quote. But you're right, Tyler, right? And, and, and to build on yours in a, in a different perspective there, you know, I think, okay, here's the way about going about it. 
You know the golden rule? 42? The 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> the, the answer to everything. The answer to everything. <laughs> I'm all about 42. All right. Uh, when my kids ask me a question, my answer is 42. It's just so much better when you say it and worse at the same time. Uh, but the golden rule of being like, you know, you know, be treat others that you want to be treated. I, I don't think that that's in, entirely correct in, in the action that it calls upon you. It's like, it's like, well, what do you want out of the world? What do you want that world to give into you? So what are you going to do to the world to give it to that first? And if you put that out there and you give that to the world and you send that vibration, as you call it, vibrations, I, I'm, I'm learning. It's our next lesson maybe between the two of us. <laughs> vibration thing. Whenever I hear him talk about vibrations, I think of that good vibrations, that song. And then and maybe I don't know, there's some damn shoot there. But it's what you put – it's not what you put out there in order – because that's how you want to be treated is that what you put out there will be how you perceive what's out there and how the world will perceive what's inside of you. And therefore that's where it comes back to that action piece. Well, what are you going to do about it? And what are you going to take with that and, and try and, and I don't know, align yourself with, well, with the best damn goal that you can hopefully achieve. And, and maybe, just like Jason, you don't have to do it all on your own if you put that right thought out there. Yep. That's my Hercules thought. Hercules would be a good partner. Hercules. Well, he wasn't <laughs> in the book. Yeah. Were you yeah. listening? No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 into this all by myself. And then and then he ended up screwing up the mission and he got a poor boy killed. But that's <sighs> that's that story. I don't know what you want to take from that. I yeah, that. There, there, there's that like the golden rule of you know treat others the way you want to be treated, and you know the the biblical version of you know love others as you love yourself. I thought it was the do one, unto others as you would have others do unto you. That's not actually in the Bible. It's, it's oh wow, love, <laughs> love others as you love yourself. That's the that's the phrase that's been okay. altered and changed like and. Okay. Molested and raped. Um, yeah, but the, oh, the, okay. the, truth, the truth about that statement that I have realized over the last five years specifically is that it's not really accurate. Because we can only love others as we love ourselves. So the amount I love myself is how much I can love others. And the way I treat myself will directly reflect in how I treat others. So if I'm rude to people, if I'm condescending, if I'm all these other things, if I take a couple steps back and I listen to my inner dialogue, I guarantee you I'm talking to myself like that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I don't, so like, as far as the golden rule goes, I like, and back to that idea of self is that we do have, like the most important relationship we will have in the entire universe is the one we have with ourselves. Ooh, the self, I yes, the self. Yeah. And, and because, the thing, go ahead. 
Well, just, just because that relationship will define every other relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So doesn't that really solidify what the golden rule is then? To me, it just makes it that much stronger because mm -hmm. that's showing you that you really need to, to love yourself more. Once you've taken that, that self-realization, you've looked at the self and understand that it is what is projecting the external reality. Well, then if I want goodness to come to me, I need to give goodness to myself and give goodness to others and allow this to really work itself out. What I put out is what I get back. So I love what you said, and I can see that beautiful self-realization moment in it, although make it stronger and let that be your fuel to the fire. Yeah, no, I, and I, I definitely, uh, I love that, you know, the flames there, but <laughs> it's perfect timing, no pun man. Intended. but, um, yeah, no. And I, I totally get that. I just think that like so often the focus and like the focus in that statement is outward. Yes. A hundred percent. And that's just where I get hung up is in my own journey and my own realizations is that when we externalize things, you know, that's, that's anxiety, right? Anxiety yeah, is when we externalize yeah, things. Well said. Mm -hmm. You know, anxiety is unmanaged emotional responses. Yep. That's Not anxiety. But when we externalize it and we make somebody else responsible for our emotions, we perpetuate anxiety. Mm, yeah. Right? So it's, it's all about, you know, what's going on in me and how am I managing me? And, you know, I just, I guess coming from a, a world of like religion and stuff, I feel like so much of it is outward focused and almost none of it is inward focused. And it's just painful for me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting about that yep. comment too, is that, okay, Aesop's fables. We know tortoise in the hare and all that, you know, all those stories and, and stuff like that. I think that the point of religion in, in those early days and why they're told the stories, because, I mean, storytelling is the oldest art form I think that we have, right? And, well, how do you make that digestible for the masses? How do you teach a little kid, hey, slow and steady, you're going to get it, but take the time to focus on what's going on inside. What's the virtue that you're holding on to and work at that? Slow and steady wins the race is not <laughs> is not about oh yeah like that guy who is taking his time out there to do the thing the way he wants to do the way he wants to do it is going to win the race faster than the guy who's just going to blast through it all. Oh that's a cool story thanks. It's not about that. It's about taking those stories much like in religion and saying okay, here's this story. Now go do the work. What is this story telling you? And the problem that I, I, well, I've heard this argument from the, uh, a few different you know, speakers, and, and I, I honestly believe it true, is that we've, we've, it's like we've bastardized these stories to project them externally, where it's like, well, you can go ahead and do that, but see where that takes you. How about read those stories and preach those stories not as a manifestation of what goes on around you that's going to impact you directly, but instead saying, what goes on within me 
then I can externally produce out there. And, and that's the same flip on the whole golden rule. It's like, nah, you're thinking about the wrong thing and not thinking about what the story is telling you. The story is telling you, what are you going to do about it? But it's just, mm -hmm. it's like our culture has lost the ability to digest and think like adults or, or fully formed brains and be like, yeah, I, I don't think the story of Noah's Ark is about, oh, there's existential powers out there that are going to wipe you out. So let's hope the freaking God that someone takes pity on you and tells you before and to build an ark. No, no, that's completely wrong. How about this? How about pay attention? How about pay attention to what's going on around you and think, well, what's the, what's the, what's the worst possible outcome that could happen here? What am I going to do now today to start preparing myself slow and steady to build something like a ark, like a raft that will save me from the impending flood that's going to come your way when life crumbles, when, you know, you go through, maybe it's marital issues. Maybe it's, it's, it's violence issues. Maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of a good friend or a death of the family. What are you Maybe doing right now? Maybe <laughs> that's actually honestly real. Like that's a really yeah. good. Point. What are you doing right now to build your raft so that when that hits the fan, you're ready, you're prepared, and it's not going to consume you and drown you in sorrow. Yep. How about that? Well said, there, Mister Toby. How about that? How about there? <laughs> Boom! If we had a mic, we'd drop it. But I'm not going to drop my mic. I just got the expensive microphone. I am metaphorically dropping it now. This is its drop. There you go. That was as far as I'll take. I'm sorry, baby. No, that's good. I put that in the in the notes there because yeah, what are we doing right now to to build our rafts and and rafts that that don't just save us but save those around us, right? Boom. That's it. That's it. I think that's it. That's good. Cheers. Cheers to that yeah. thought, boys. Cheers to that thought, eh? Cheers. Cheers. Come here. Cheers. Together on the raft. Cheers. Together on the raft, we build for each other. <laughs> but there's a... I mean, fuck. Sorry. I don't know if you swear. I you do swear, whatever. You're right. You're fine. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Take that thought now yeah. and apply it to, well, hell, I'll get, I mean, it's, it's, it's risky, you know, talking about it, but I don't think it should be. Take that to what happened about, about what's gone on with the, with the Black Lives Matter movement and all the stuff that's going on about this George Floyd stuff. What has the rest of us done standing by idly throughout this time and, and just, just not even contending with a serious conversation that should be out there we have not built a raft for each other in this in this circumstance and we let a a, a really damn near chaotic flood happen there and why because we just look the other way because well you know what shit it's like we said in our last podcast it doesn't affect me yeah well thank god that's not happening to me great how friggin' selfish. No wonder why we're in the situation we're in. Yeah. And it 
it sucks. It annoys me. Mm. That's oh, it. Sounds like it. <laughs> it does. I get passionate. <laughs> it it's, good. it's good. I love passion. Yeah. Maybe it should. Maybe it should. It's important, all. you know, to to find what stokes the fire. This is what keeps us going on this journey. Our desire is basically what is keeping us here in this realm of existence. So if you're going to have desires, make sure it's a new one rather than the same old song and dance. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Take a second and digest that. Jeez. For sure. You know, shouldn't have moments of silence on a I was just going to say that. But you know what? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just need one. And everybody else can you. deal with it. <laughs> I like to put some pauses in the podcast every year and there, you know, and see if we can leave a moment. Tyler always fights me because I'm like timing. It's an hour long and I'm cutting out your goddamn pauses. You know what? Maybe there's a lesson I can learn there too. We, yeah, we, we have no rules around that. So we've, we've had pauses. like an hour and 10 minutes and we've had like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty it much. is what it is until it's done. That's right. Let it flow. The river always finds its way home. The river always finds its way home. Tell me about that more. Well, it's always looking for a bigger body of water to join. So whatever water is coming from anywhere, it's always looking to join up with a lake or with an ocean or something bigger than it. So it's just like us going on our journey as we progress we have bigger desires larger goals connecting to spirit or whatever it is we want to call it until that place where we are held in the grand picture and at this place where we are feeling more connected to the world um there's a beautiful quote by rumi and it is um you are not a single drop in the ocean but the entire ocean in a single drop. Woo! Wow. Moment of that. silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what that is talking about, I'm sure you all understand, and I'll reiterate, is that as much as we are all individual pieces of consciousness, this is a group conscious that is happening. And that's why we learn generally at a similar rate to people on the other side of the world these ideas, if someone has it here in Canada, someone in the States will have it, someone in Brazil will have it, someone in Germany will have it. Everything yeah. is, is kind of connected. And I think science has said that we are all the exact same energy just manifesting itself in different ways. And that's exactly what the spiritual texts have been saying for thousands of years. And our modern science is also agreeing with that. It's just like the multiple people who had the invention for light bulbs that were days behind patenting it, like that weren't connected, that didn't have the technology we have today. And they're like figuring it out at the same time. You know, that's a great comment, Jason. And there's uh, and, and to bridge what you guys just said there about ancient texts, about the whole light bulb thing. Again, it's another Christian story because I've been studying that a lot more lately. And I, I, I've got to branch out to a little bit other texts here, but i got to finish understanding this one first. Tower of Babel. For those who don't know the story of it, after the flood, all humanity is in one 
is, is one together. They're one together for the only time in existence, as it seems. And their goal is to build a structure to reach the heavens. So what you could say about that is that, okay, we're all working together to reach an ideal that is beyond humanity. The beyond highest, our current understanding. Beyond our current understanding. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. And, and, and how big can we take this? How grand can we make this? And, you know, there's a lot of different interpretations of what God or whatever you want to say did there at that point. And he confunded the language. So God comes down and he says, look at these humans. They think that they can attest me and they can, they can together as one united in one thought can build a structure that rivals my power of creation. Well, no, let their language be confunded and let the people spread. And, and so the people building that tower are no longer able to communicate properly with each other. One idea, one language, one, and you can take a language and, and just think about a speech, but how about one language, meaning that the feeling and the thought I have in my body and in my spirit and my soul and my brain is the same as yours and the same as yours. And we're building that light bulb. We're all building that light bulb together and we can do that in, in, in instances when we're all working together. But what happens is that this language, this way of communicating to each other, gets confounded. It gets mixed up. It gets ununderstandable, and it gets divided. Because then the people leave the tower and they go off into the world, and that's apparently, but by the religious text, how well in this in this instance of belief, how language got confounded and all the languages of the earth began. But you could look at that as says when we become divided and unable to communicate properly with one another, we lose that ability to do what we know our human potential is. Yep. And and I think that that is, I think that's the purpose of deep conversation of what we're doing here of what we do in our podcast. It's well, sh- meh, how do we bring that together yep. and do something with it? Yes. Build a light bulb like that. Build a spacecraft like that. Travel to different galaxies. Cure illness. Make the goddamn life a little le- a little less sufferable. Uh, just a just a little less sufferable. <laughs> One step at a time. One step at a time. Here we are, six thousand years trying to undo what happened to the Tower of Babel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, God. God. Damn it. <laughs> That's not where that line came from. Now we can't speak. God damn it. <laughs> that union is so it's important. You, you, you made me think about that in the context of like, you know, solving illness and stuff and how it's almost like some, and I'm not against corporations or anything, but a lot of people want to be God and not really let everybody else solve those problems together. There's a lot of people playing God and continually tearing down that, that tower to not mm. let us as a group of people actually solve the problems. There's a lot of people wow. in power who yep. would who want to keep us confused so that we can actually solve the problems. Mm, that's so huge. That's a totally random tangent. No, Jason, that's, that's on point, man. You're opening a veil there. That's Let's on take point. a peek through the veil, <laughs> boys. That. But, no, Jason take said three steps back from that one. No, that's a real thought. That's a real thought. Let's tie what Jason just said to what Tyler said earlier about the river going into the giant, the bigger body. Maybe that's a dam. 
Who yeah. creates the dam? Other forces create the dam. Why are they creating the dam? For their own purposes. Yep. yep. Fucking For their own purposes. <laughs> Fucking beavers. God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just over here trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we have fire. It's nice. <laughs> Marshmallows and stuff. This is good. You know, I... I I'm loving the conversation. I I don't think it's too heavy. But. No, no, we're good. I I'm just joking around. We're good. No, I I I'm actually gonna have to tune in, and I know I I listened to about three quarters of your guys' first one where you guys talk about how you met. I yeah, think that was okay. maybe your first one. Yeah, we talked about uh, that. I I I loved it, but I just ran out of time. And, uh, but now I, I feel like I got to go back and start listening to them because I really like, you know, just this chat here is, it's interesting to just listen to two people have conversation like that. I mean, that's, that's why Paul Rogan's more popular than friggin' Fox News, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> what we really want is we want real, honest conversation. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's right. Did you yeah. just say Paul Rogan? Yeah. Joe Rogan or Paul Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Whatever. <laughs> I <even> said Paul <laughs> like, Rogan. Paul Rogan. Paul Rogan. Paul Rogan. Paul Rogan. Paul Rogan. Joe Rogan. I don't know. I did say Paul Rogan. how famous he is. It's like that Rogan guy out there. Just say we're Rogan. Man, I love Rogan Josh, man. That's good Jesus Christ. God, I love you. But yeah, so thank you. And we I appreciate that. That'll be very cool, man. Check out the podcast. You know, the episodes are great. I think we get better and better as we yeah. go along. As, Start with the most recent as and the then ju- work your way back. No, so we no. Get better. We Start get from better. the beginning and work your way through the journey. Entice yourself with episode six and then go to the beginning. Because I think we I think we do. We do our best. Yeah. We're, we're getting better. We're getting better every time. So right. start where we're at now and then well, see how the journey goes. I agree. We're 20 conversations in and we're way better than our first one. Oh, my God. Oh, the yeah. first ones go. They're painful. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of views on our first one. We did. <laughs> nice. There's always the initial hype. But then it's like, how do you keep it going? Because our number, our first podcast is the number one for us. Yeah. And then they, they drift slowly down. But. When you think about content and when I review them, because I'm a bit anal about this stuff and I con I, I hyper Can you fix- tell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hyper fixate and I'm like, why? 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 And I think that I think that our latest the more we do this, the better we get and 100%. the more condensed what we're trying to say, what we're trying to do happens, you know? Well, I, I think it's good to matter and care because then you're gonna reach more people, right? And that's right. It's the dip. This, this stuff's important. It's what it is. The it's dip. the dip. Yeah. The Seth Golden dip. Seth, yeah, right. You're gonna you're gonna start here. Have all the energy, the everything, and then you're gonna like go down, go, go down, down, go down. But then you're gonna reach that tipping point. You know, whatever that author Mal- was, Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell, and yeah. then you start to take off again. But there's that like there's that refining process that happens in that dip. Which allows you to actually grow and become something bigger. I think, yeah. I think Joe Rogan's way over a thousand episodes too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Joe or Paul? Paul, sorry, Paul, Paul Rogan. Rogan. 
good old PR, man. He's a good guy. And yeah, the funny thing guy. is, that's exactly basically what we've been talking about this whole podcast is that same journey. It shows up in every aspect of life. Yeah. And once we can integrate that and understand the process, we won't be letting our emotions sway us so much and going through so much turmoil when this is just kind of the way life is working right now. It can be called a sine wave. It looks like the Pepsi logo. <laughs> and we're always rocking it all the time. And that's that's the way life is. Yeah, you guys will you'll enjoy the uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. It's basically what I love talks reading. About. We'll have it done by next week. <laughs> Maybe we'll have that talk. You know, it's a good point that you brought. And Tyler's been trying to beat me into this lately. Beat you? I don't beat anyone into anything, man. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> beat me with unrelenting kindness and all that jib jab. You know, and and he's been on me about, dude, why haven't you written? Why aren't you? Why why aren't we doing this more? Why aren't we on it? And and I I, I agree. I I feel like I hit my dip. I hit my dip there and I was like, I I don't know what I have left, but you're right. You, it's perhaps hypocritical of me to have, have felt like, well, I want to pull back for a moment, but you're right. It's, it's that tipping point where you say, well, what do I have left? I don't know, but how about I try? What comes up is magic. You know, that's the thing of pushing beyond our boundaries. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know, so let's find out. It's a, a question my wife and I have been asking ourselves is like, you know, really, how far can we go? Like, what's possible? Um, yeah, everything. And, you know, last year and now, like, feels like lots of setbacks. But, you know, really still, like, what, what's possible? I have no idea, but I want to find out. Yeah, anything. You can't do that unless you show up. Mm-hmm. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Show up. If there was a message that I think that I could put out there and then give back to myself, how about just show up? Show up. You never know who you might meet. Could be yourself. <laughs> That's a scary yeah. motherfucker to meet right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, you guys obviously know. Have you heard that that chat by Matthew McConaughey about who who he would want to who his the favorite person he would want yeah. to meet in the world yeah yeah oh yeah him in it's, 10 years yeah it's like when i heard that i'm like oh my gosh that's so brilliant because Boom. that not only does that like that inspires you to be a better person and and yes. not only that but like love yourself enough to have a better version of who you're gonna be and, and a goal that you can achieve and it's yeah. and it's not it's not trying to be like paul rogan or you know, some, somebody else, but it's like, <laughs> who is the best version of me and how do I be that person and show up every day and just work towards that? Yeah. That's a great chat. If you like, if you that's haven't a huge chat, Jason. I love it. And I, I really love how he even brings it to the simplification of like, it is, it's so close, but it's always unattainable because I will never be myself in 10 years. I can feel into it, I can think into yeah. it, I can focus into it, but it's always unattainable. I'm always gonna pe- keep going for that. But you want it to be, right? And and here and here's a thought, a thought based on, on that idea right there. Um, let's relate it back to religion for continuity. The, the ultimate ideal is the ultimate judge. 
So the closer you get to what you ultimately want to be, the harder that's going to get to be that individual. And the more your failure and success is going to judge you based upon that. So if I'm, if I'm trying to do my best to think like I'm Paul Rogan to keep bastardizing <laughs> that guy's name. Did you just have a, Sorry, Toby. Did you just have your cigar on a toothpick? Uh, oh. Yes. They're, they're called nubbers. <laughs> I want That's how you would smoke the last it inch. Looks, it looks like a burnt wiener on the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 like you know the English drinking tea. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, oh, up, boys, pickies up. <laughs> but but yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry no, for no, I, I, I did funny. I didn't realize that. That's, a good, that's, that. that's awesome. Um, but the ultimate judge is the is is your ultimate ideal, and so yeah. Well, let's look to religious texts. Like, this is where religions got it wrong. It. In not just my opinion, sorry. Just one place? <laughs> not just, just because it's it's one that I've heard recently. It's not my idea. It's 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 actually it's a Jordan Peterson idea, which I really freaking love, and I love all of his stuff, and I fixate a lot on on what he's talking about. But the Book of Revelations. This is actually a Carl Jung idea. Why is it that the revelations was tacked on to the rest of New Testament where it's all this like Jesus, just follow Jesus and believe in him and everything's good. Like, don't think of Jesus as some guy. Think of him as an ideal. And and if you live your life towards this ideal, things going to be good. No, because revelations, he's an absolute, well, some could say he's a bit of a dick. He's judging everybody so goddamn hardcore. Well, that's because the closer you get to what you want to get, the harder it is and the more judgment you're going to face. And the more it's going to test how solid you are in the self. Mm-hmm. It's going to test how solid you are internally. And and that is, I can relate back to Dan and what you said about you know your children and your, your family and your wife and those sorts of things. You probably, and you shared, but I mean... No one listening, unless they've been through that walk of life, is really going to know, man, just how deep into hell you probably, hell meaning your own personal hell, how deep you probably had to go to be like, no, no, I'm not going down this damn path. I am making a goddamn change. And I'm going to be judged to the nth degree, not just by the entire world, but oh my God, so heavily towards myself. But I'm gonna, the God damn it, I'm gonna do something about that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight for what I believe in against the highest probable judgment. And that's yourself, honestly. And that's yourself towards the highest ideal that you can possibly put on what you believe to be your ultimate destiny and goal. And and never underestimate the power of fatherhood. Never underestimate that. That is probably that is the hugest thing. And there's tons of texts talking about how difficult it is to let go of where you stand right now and do something for what is going to come after you. Reap what you sow. That is some heavy shit. Yep. Heavy. Sorry. 
I got intense. I know. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I got so jacked That's up true. on the shit. Was, it was. Yeah, I, I bet it was. And I mean, it, it was. It was against all odds. Like my wife, <clears throat> and I mean, she's not gonna expose her, but so tread carefully here. But she, <laughs> she did a lot of reading and a lot of like soul searching when we were apart too about whether or not she could even give me another chance i bet and there's nothing there is nothing out there about couples separating and then coming back and what the road back looks like huge it is all about how to move on yep none of it is the road back and you know, we as a couple have had to like really carve our own path yeah. because we just don't have people around us that have come back. We there, yeah. there isn't famous people that have come back. People don't write about it. There's nothing. And it, it's it's amazing how, you know, like that. I don't know where I'm going with this or where that came from, but it's. But it's even going back to the original con where we started this conversation about society and yeah. society doesn't value the comeback. Well, society wants the the underdog. They want the underdog, but they, they don't, don't actually want, want the the underdog who was ever on top. No, they want the underdog who was the underdog from day one. Yeah, <laughs> we like to overthrow the king, but we don't yeah. know how the king ever comes back from that. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, John. Thanks, Jonathan. Dan, Thank I you, would. Jonathan. Thanks, John. Dan, I would read your story, and I would read it with a lot of intent. And, and hey, even if you just write it for yourself, I think there's a lot of power there. I and if you ever felt like sharing, I promise you, if you messaged me and said, "I did it," this is this is, well, fuck, I don't know if it's the way back. But it was our way back. Our way back yeah. yeah, I would read that. I would read that, and I would hold that as some, some God, some high praise. That's right. I would hold that dearly, because it's <laughs> tough, and I haven't been able to do that fully in my own life. But I would love to hear how you did it. Uh, it's. I mean, it's still a journey every day. Like we've been back yeah. together now for almost three years. Wow! And Cheers to that. Fuck. You know, it's still. Probably it's it's not a daily struggle anymore, but it's a weekly struggle. Yeah. About how do we fit back together and how do we make sure that we're still being on track and not, you know, falling into old habits or old ways of being. And, cool. you know, especially for my wife, it's really scary, right? Because yeah. of what I put her through. And so she's, you know... She, that is something that's there. And it's something that I have to constantly find a ton of humility around and validate and listen to. And, you know, but at the same time, hold, hold the two perspectives of, you know, yes, that's what I was. No, it's not what I am. Oh. And you're allowed to be torn between those two. But I need to just keep being who I am. But it's like, man, it's a, it's a, it's a wow. lot of work. It's a lot of emotional work. 
That's huge. I think that nothing would be harder than to, you know, keep on having to go back into that past and to to hold that space for her to work through everything that's come up and still remain so strong and courageous in this Dan that is of the present and that he is not wavering, he's not faltering, he is here and continuously striving to be better, not even to be the same self, but to get better at working at this. And that that is the test of the divine. That is what gets you to the top of Mount Olympus. That's how you become the gods. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I bow to you, my friend. Honestly, you're yeah. you're living the dream right now, whether it looks like that every day or <laughs> and, not. And to your wife, and to your wife, because we we should put some, we really should put a lot of praise into the silence, not the silence, the what's behind the cloth of allowing people the opportunity to redeem themselves, not only giving that. Okay, I've done the task now of redeeming, but what does that look like moving forward every goddamn day? Yeah. That's oh, huge. She, she is by far the most courageous person I've ever met. That's huge. Because that, there's no, there's nothing braver than, than allowing another person to be something different. And, and second, third, fourth, whatever, how many chances it is. That yeah. is huge. That yeah. that to me is is, you know, if we're gonna continue this thought of 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 forgiveness, redemption, and religion, that is what I believe. That whole piece behind, well, the Lord will forgive. Don't think of that as the Lord will forgive, the Lord within. That that is a that is a. Oh, forgiveness, <laughs> to find forgiveness within, to live with those demons and say, I have an ideal bigger than this, and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight every goddamn day because what I believe is bigger and what I believe inside you is bigger. That's big. <clears throat> Holy I shit. Think, I think one of the problems we have in society too is we focus on on the abuser more and their punishment than we do on the the victim in a way that allows the victim to be the forgiver and move on right yeah. um i have a friend now i won't mention but he cheated on his wife three separate times and and she like she, for me she's the hero even he had issues and had to deal with them and he's the one who always gets like like <clears throat> I don't know how he's, he's the one who basically at the end of the day is, is always talked about, but I'm like, man, it's, it's his wife that like forgave him three times and believed in him that he wasn't the person that was cheating on her, but she allowed that forgiveness and, and whatnot to, to believe they could have a marriage that would work. And they did. And they have like three or four beautiful boys now, and they have an amazing marriage, but it took her to do that. Like she's yeah. the hero of that story. Yes, and, that's and, true. And we, that's don't, we, we don't. Yeah, we don't. <clears throat> the victims always stay the victims, but they're not. We need to allow the victims to be the ones who are actually the heroes who who forgive and move on. Yeah, she's not. That's my wife's not the victim. She's the champion. That's that right. is a huge statement. That 
should be what's on fucking social media. Yep. Right. That but it never is. It's like in the fucking face of you. But it's like, no, I'm the victim. You know, me too. But no, I forgave. When is when is that ever shown? When is that? What's where's the I forgave hashtag? Yeah. Wow. Standing strong. Yo, Adam. Oh, sorry, Jason. That is the fucking statement of this whole podcast. I think right there. Yep. Hashtag I forgave. You're sending out the vibration, brother. It's out now. (laughs) Honestly, I forgave. Hashtag I forgave. Yeah. And not blindly. And not blindly. Right? You gotta count the cost. Because there's also accountability. There's also accountability. There's there's the line between all right. I forgave. But here's the confines of that. And and it's not forgave because when people think, oh, this guy or this girl or this 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 they, this entity did something bad and I forgave, it's like I forgave because of both what I'm able to do, but what I'm expecting and what I believe in what you can do. And that is the highest ideal. Mm-hmm. How I'm do I even, go to hell and come back? It's raining. The only way out of hell, the only way out a, of hell is forgiving. And it, and it's a two-party agreement. Yeah, 100%. And that allows for the the abuser to come back and have a have a space where where they're able to have a journey back without without the figure they have no journey back. Yes. Well, and and I mean, Jason. That being said, there was absolutely zero obligation for my wife to let me back into her life after she forgave me. Yep. And I just want to make that clear out there. In no way am I saying that forgiving is letting somebody back in. That's right. I just want to say that because, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, I did this thing. She forgave me and she let me back in. It's, it's no, not that, that was her choice and there was no obligation and there was no expectation that that was her decision. So I just want to put that out there because I want to be careful around this topic. Well, you, but that's, that's what's so powerful about, yeah, and that's what's so powerful about, or why we need those people to be the heroes, because they forgave, but there's also a requirement from the other party to change. Cool. Right? There's no, yeah. there's no, like, I forgave and, and I'm going to accept you for who you were. No, I forgave and I'm expecting, maybe it's not the right word, but there's an expectation of you are now different and change and I'll accept the new version of you, not the old version. That's a whole nother thing though. Right. Cause I think forgiving, like I wrote a, I wrote a short book. You remember that? Yeah. The one about, uh, what was it? What the hell is it called? Anyway, I, I had Crohn's <laughs> at 21, got diagnosed, spent a bunch of years in pain, had a bunch of my guts cut out and I think the biggest part of my journey in that was forgiveness. You know, I know a bunch of people with Crohn's and I'm the only person I know that's been diagnosed with Crohn's had to the point that I had surgery 
that is now free of Chromes for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And that really came from my journey of forgiveness, forgiving my dad, forgiving my mom, forgiving the sexual assault when I was 13. All of that was letting that go and forgiving that and taking that weight off myself is what allowed me to live a life that's healthy. And that all happened even before I went through this whole, like the PTSD and stuff like that was more stuff I had to overcome. But my physical being changed when I walked in forgiveness. And then, you know, but like, it's funny you say like the 10, you 10 years from now, I mean, 10 years ago, frick, looking at myself today, <laughs> there is absolutely no way in hell I would have said I would be who I am today. None. Fucking huge. Yeah. Huge. That's a, such a huge statement. That's the beauty of this journey. Wow. The most miraculous things can happen. Dan, I bow to you and your wife, man. Like that. that Making is, it happen. But that's the religious. Yeah, I hate the term re, that we've bastardized religious experience. And I feel like it's why everyone's like, well, I'm spiritual now. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same shit, guys. It's the same shit. It's like. We live this path, we walk this path, and yeah, holy crap, is it ever tough. It's it not tough. easy. It is not easy. But, you, but like uh, Jason said it earlier, like those real tough moments when you fight through them is the only time when you really – Get a chance to walk with the divine, to flow with the river, like you said, to put out the vibrations and and to make a chance of redemption. And when you look at all these religions like, oh, hallelujah, so-and-so, whatever is my belief, give me redemption. No, stop at the external. <laughs> Bring it within. And that's where we see a big difference between religious and spirituality. And 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 it's the same thing though. It's just it's 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 reading the texts the wrong way. Exactly. Exactly. Read Understanding it the to be. what the book is meant for as an allegory to the human experience yes. would change everything. Wow. And the reason of not being religious is that if you follow any religion, the way that it's being taught to the masses is not to actually study this in a way as an allegory to who I am. And whereas certain spiritual texts will lead you as this is something for you to focus on, a way Outside. of being, something for you to do. And it all starts from within. It all starts from the internal. Yes. And I, I hear what you're saying on the religion because just as Jesus says, you know, like God is not in one man or a group of men, but in all men. So understanding that we all have God inside of us and it's not about some special teacher or some special lineage or being born in a certain family. It's just understanding that's what is inside of you is a spark of creation. And yeah. with that, you can do anything. You go on this journey and it will unfold. And like you're talking about the divine, the divine is you and there's nothing you need to reach, nothing you need to attain 
You just need to be as you actually are without all of these identities. With an without... ideal. Not Higher than yourself. Not necessarily even. No? no at, at the deepest root, no ideal is necessary. It's just an allowance of being. So if you take time in a day to sit silently for two hours, your mind will start going through all of the thoughts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most people, most people shake their head. They don't know how it's possible. Like, but every, yeah. every I, day love, I could do it all day. Journal and sit. I fish, I sit in a boat alone for 10 hours. But I you love being by myself. There. Yeah, so basically something the, real. the process, your thoughts start to come up, you bubble through them, you go through all the thoughts. If you don't attach a story to the thought, you'll get to a place of peace. And in that peace, if you can exist for a short amount of time, you'll start to feel something different. And it may start with emotions coming up. Some people giggle, some people cry. And these emotions will come up so we can release a blocked energy. Mm. And then after that release has happened, we find a peace in silence. And from there, we can ask our highest self what it is we're questioning in this world. And the truth will come up. Your soul is then speaking to you. Or we could say we're talking to the burning bush. We're talking to God. <laughs> but really, we're talking to a cleansed and purified self that is allowed to speak up and is not being suppressed by what someone else is going to think about me. And that's why I think that these texts are an ideal. It's not, it's not reading it as a, an actual individual or an external thing out there that, oh, they'll do that for me. No, no. I do it for me. You do it for you. Yes. And, and you believe if you take the concept, of Jesus, he may have been a real guy. Fuck, I don't know. I'm sure, maybe. But what does that ideal? Here's a way of looking at ideals when told as stories, like you've just mentioned. Hercules, the story of Hercules is actually extremely interesting. So here is a mortal man born of some immortal blood, and kind of interesting sidebar. The the what the reason why it's called the Milky Way Galaxy, and I told you this story the other day. The, 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 the history of why it's called the Milky Way Galaxy. First, you need to look at what, why, why is it out there at the galaxy? You can look at stars as, the, as an unobtainable or spiritually potentially obtainable, obtainable through who you are as an individual, as the highest mode of being because it's the high, it, you can't reach it. It's so big and so beyond you. Physically, you can't, but spiritually, you maybe you could connect to that. So the story of Hercules, why he has immortal blood within him, is because they snuck Hercules as a baby into Hera's crib, the goddess of all queens. Oh, sorry, the queen of all goddesses. And he was suckling at the teat of, her, of Hera while she slept to gain a mortal spirit. And she woke up and was like, God damn, I don't want this baby on me because she didn't like Hercules. And she tossed him. She tossed him from the front of Mount Olympus. <laughs> and all of her milk was sprayed along with Hercules falling. And it sprayed across the stars. And that's why I it's called no Milky idea. Way. It's called Milky Way because astrology is generally formed from yeah. Greek 
and Grecian style of that initial, they were our initial astrologers, right? That's why it's called Milky Way. It's the spread of Hera's milk. You could call that the spread of, of, of the life and the giving of the divine across the galaxy. And that's the way they thought. And, it's, and if you really immerse yourself in that style of thinking, you understand how interesting and how perhaps logical you could say that is. And, and that ideal right there is that Hercules was based was when you hear the stories of Hercules, they, they formed in a, a city called Thebes. And it was this man saying, Hercules went into this region and did this great act. And another man said, oh, but Hercules was also over in this land doing this great act. And another man was like, well, Hercules was over here doing this great act. Hercules is not a man. He's a concept of what men could be, of what you could do. And they, they merged all of these stories into one great story. Hercules is, is, is a similar in that sense, in my opinion, to Jesus, what you could say, what is Jesus, as an ideal of what men could be. It's the greatest ideal that maybe a mortal person could try and ascend beyond what they are. And where that comes from is good deeds, good acts, bravery, facing the darkness, facing what you're afraid of and acting upon it and doing something. So like Hercules, like Jesus, like Muhammad, uh, like all these different, like, like Osiris, all these different aspects of what you could be as a human. And it's about being brave enough to do something about all that and yeah. trying, just friggin' try. And that's not just in acts of physical heroism. You could say like Dan's wife, like other wives and other people and husbands too. This is not just a one-way gender-focused thing mm -hmm. of those individuals who are like, I'll forgive. Hey, shit, forgiveness is a goddamn jersey. A journey, sorry. That is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a jersey. That's the shoulder monkey right there. Yeah. But, but it, it's about... <laughs> It's about trying and, and, and the acts of heroism involved in trying. Oh, my wife's watching. And it's, it's love in, you, babe. It's, uh, it's in the same vein. <laughs> love you, dad's wife. What's her yeah. name? Oh, no, Tifa. 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 Fucking appreciate that, right? No. It's the but same was... reason why when my kids fall on their bike, I tell them to get back up right away and do it again. Yeah. Right? You know, like you have to, you have to keep going. You have to, you know, yeah, I know you skinned your knee and it hurts, but you got to get up and you got to face the pain and do it again. Yeah. In a very practical way. Loving way. That's right. Yeah. I, that, I love that, it. Love oh, it too. Oh, that was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Uh, that made my night right there. Perfect. Yeah, this so gonna... I think... Go ahead, Jason. No, no, you go ahead. I think just to cap off the... To simplify Toby's beautiful speech there and to send out a more concise vibration is that it's a state of being. It's not about an individual. It's about a state of being that is attainable by all. A Herculean feat is something that Jason accomplishes, that Dan accomplishes, that Tika accomplishes. All of us can do this, and we can call it 
Christ consciousness or Buddha or enlightenment. All in all, it's a state of being, a state of being that is elevated beyond our current perception that is easily attainable to us all once we remove all of the blockages. Mm. You know what's a cool story about Buddha that you can tie into the cultural aspect of this? Tell me about Buddha. So Buddha reached the <laughs> I, I got lots of stuff. Dan's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Dan knows how I, long I, the journey I, went I'll, with I'll Buddha. I'll try and stop sharing all these ridiculous <laughs> stories. No, not ridiculous. Sorry, I shouldn't say ridiculous. They're great. But, all these stories is that Buddha reached Nirvana, okay, but he didn't stay there. He rejected Buddha rejected Nirvana. Okay, what the hell? Why? Why that? Why would I, I a can man? Explain that. And and I know. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to share my thought, okay. and I, I really want to hear your thought back yeah. on this. Yeah. But Buddha rejected Nirvana because he believed that if it was not cons um, instantaneously conceived by all humankind that it was not worth achieving and that the most important thing is that we all achieve this because nirvana is this for those who don't know it's the ultimate state of bliss it's the ultimate state of spirituality it's you could say it's the highest ideal mm. the highest possible ideal maybe beyond the stars whatever you want to physically say that it is higher than anything possible he said it does not work unless we all achieve it and it's only together that we do so he returned from nirvana to try and spread his 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 teachings from nirvana to all humankind and that's what links religion is a, a term in latin uh that's defined from the word religar and religar is a latin term that means to connect Actually, it means to bind. Technically, religar means bind. It's what binds us all together. And only if we are bound together does humanity reach the state. So what Dan and Dan's wife have done is a form, you could say, of attempting nirvana. Mm -hmm. But... The sacred union. The sacred union. But it doesn't work if we all don't get there to really reach that highest state. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you have a thought against that or what? Or it's not against, it's just towards. a compliment. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a deeper understanding. So this thing that he called Nirvana, so it can be talked about as a certain state called Samadhi. So Samadhi is, is a state of oneness with God. So a lot of people can start to play with this from simply taking a psychedelic and noticing that you're connected to everything around you and that there is oneness. All of my choices have an effect. In yoga, they see Samadhi as the top of the eight-limbed path of yoga. And the Buddha went into a Samadhi state and we can say he went into five different types of samadhi states. And through his exploration of all of these different places, he came to the conclusion that Toby shared with us that this still isn't it. Even though I feel like I've reached the highest, I've connected with the divine 
I've been able to manifest things instantly. It's in a realm of being that is still disconnected from this density, this place, this dimension. So when I say this density, it means this dimension that we're on. We're in a very dense dimension here. So even if you learn to go into a samadhi state and connect to one, you can be in that place for one year, three years, five years, but you're always going to come back to this. You're not going to just stay deluded in the samadhi state. You will always be dropped back to this density. And if I come to this density and people are still suffering, people are still doing things that are against their soul, then I know that I, I haven't cured anything. I haven't fixed myself. I haven't fixed the world. I've basically taken a trip, a really long trip. And that's all a samadhi is, is a trip without an external substance, a trip utilizing your own chemical factory. So he looked at his disciples and he said, the samadhi is great and you'll gain great wealth of knowledge and great wealth of experience, although this is not the end of the game. We must continue. We must go further. And that is to show that even what we feel is way beyond what our current experience is, there is more. You have not healed yourself until you have healed the world. Oh. So there, there, is, there is always more. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's, that's a heavy tip. <sighs> that's real talk. Yeah. That's silence-worthy talk right there. So did you... I don't know what you guys expected our chat to be like tonight over cigars and scotch and cards, but... It's gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite chat so far, I gotta say. I'm loving this. Yeah, And I, I just wanted to come in with this cool fact from when Dan and I lived together because it's like, as soon as Toby starts talking about the Buddha... So I watched a series on that big projector that must have been like 140 episodes all about the Buddha. So almost every single day, everyone's listening to the Buddha. Dan's coming down the stairs. Holy man, it's been two months. You're still listening to the Buddha. It, it yeah, was awesome. all in. It was all in a Nepali language. So there's no English in our house at all. It's all this Nepali language going on all day, all night. And yeah, so I went pretty hard into the study of Siddhartha Gautama, the first Buddha. And uh, okay, yeah, you know what's beautiful I, Was that the Yellow House down Lake yeah. I Tyler, we've met. We have met. I know we've met. I think at least twice. Once at a poker game, and once probably just chilling at the house. Yeah, yeah, I remember. You know, now that you say that, I remember there was that massive big screen. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I yeah had in, the, good in the living room, it's like literally twelve feet wide by yeah. eight feet tall. <laughs> and every That's day, so I come home, I come downstairs, come home from work, and there's freaking some shirtless Indian <laughs> dude on the screen talking in a language I don't understand. <laughs> My wife's like. You brought the kids to that house? <laughs> oh my god! Holy oh, shirtless! Fuck! That's funny. It's like he censorship uh, Rod Tyler. Walking yeah. black bands across his nipples. Uh, well, well, you guys, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. I gotta, I'll say right now, 
I've been watching the feed on Facebook. We've never had this many people watching for this duration. Well, well cheers, no. everyone. Cheers, thanks for yeah. watching. Cheers, to all, the, all the listeners, thanks so for sticking. Yeah, thanks for coming out, guys. Anytime. Uh, I'm so down for this conversation. I'll, I'll do it any day. Keep it going. Yeah. Right on, guys. Well, right. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Thank right. you. See you guys. Take care, guys. Oak Shock Live meets the self. Hey, and go on to Facebook yeah. after we're done here and throw into the uh, chat comments your guys' link to your whatever, all your stuff. Just throw yeah. all your links in there. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, The Self by Toby and Tyler. We'll throw the link in as well, but we're available anywhere you watch Everywhere. podcasts. Awesome. Uh, thanks, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So yeah. much fun. Cheers. You switch us. So we're actually looking at each other. Are you supposed to be on the left? Yeah, I got to be on the left. There we go. See, now when I turn and look, yeah, we're actually looking at each other. I was trying to figure that out. Actually, when we first set up, I'm like, I think I have this wrong, but. Sorry, right. we figured this out last time. Okay. It's only been one episode. Wow. That was fun. I was like, take a minute. <laughs> that was one hell of a conversation. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Something, uh. Oh. And now for something completely different. We're gonna play cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not the normal business chat or whatever that we do. It is the life chat, though. Oh, it's probably one of the most important chats you can have. Right. And I mean, for us, it's the reason why we even started Sign Up Hold, right? You know, much, yeah, much like those guys, we were having offline conversations that we said others needed to hear. Not because we're anything special, but because we have... No, because the world needs more real conversation, and we're having lots yeah. of those. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Half our audience just left. <laughs> <laughs> Went from seven people to two people. And we get 30 seconds. And people get to watch me lose tonight. Apparently, yeah. Badly at poker. Man, that's, uh. Yeah, that was a lot. That was. That was good, though. I like real conversations and conversations with vulnerability. And... Well, I just. Don't... When does it happen? You know? Not enough. No. Especially live. For yeah. Others, others, right? Like. Well, uh, Live and uncensored. It's out there. There's no take backs. Yeah, zero take backs. Yeah. Well, I'm playing horribly, so I'm going to call. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's scary. It is scary, to be honest, about the journey I've been on and where I've been and where I am and what it took to get there. Because it is, it's, it's something that so often is an immediate write-off. You know, you, you say you screwed up and it's just, you're written off. Well, that's, that's the world's response. Yeah. Everything, write, write the people off, but yeah. Yeah. But usually, you know, well, not usually, but often those that have, you know, gone on that journey have a lot to offer saying I have a lot to offer because maybe I don't but you know it is the case a lot of these people that are really influential nowadays uh, threes 
You still beat me. Um, you know, have gone on that journey. They've lost everything. They've gone into their deep personal hell. They've spent time there. They've had to fight. They've had to battle. They've had to come out. Mm-hmm. It's that journey, that refining journey that gives them something worth sharing. Yeah, I'm reading a, a book by James Altucher right now. Okay. And he's he's literally failed more than anybody I've ever, <laughs> I've ever read about. And he keeps failing, but he just like, he keeps getting back up and he keeps changing his career. He's been an investor, like a stockbroker, and he's been, he's made movies and TV and he's a blogger and he, uh, yeah, he's just, he keeps, he keeps coming back. Now he decided to go into, um, Stand-up comedy. Love that. Thanks, Toby. Yeah, thanks, Toby. Yeah. It's the recover part, right? There's there's no recovering. Like, wow. nobody's recovering. Like, you put it all, like, you put all the, you know, all the victim stuff, like, all the Me Too stuff, but well, people and, aren't and that's, talking about that. So, and here, like... So here's the challenge with that, because there are a lot of people that have recovered, mm-hmm. and they have a story to tell, and people will read it. But they'll only look at it and give it attention if they've achieved recovery. Yeah. If you're in the journey of recovering, as a society and a culture, we give that person no voice. I'm thinking about um, Frodo and Bilbo. No, it's the same person. Lord of the Rings. Frodo and Bilbo? Bilbo? No, they are different people. Yeah. Bilbo is the uncle. Frodo no, is the nephew. Who's the guy that went with Frodo? Samwise. Samwise. Yeah. In a lot of ways, Samwise was, Samwise was, was the a hero. friggin' her- hero. Right. Because he was the one who kept... I mean, he had to endure everything that Frodo did, in a weird way. And often carry the guy. Yeah. And, you know, we don't... We don't... Like, that's that partner... Jason, you are my Samwise. <laughs> in, in, journey, yeah. in my dream, absolutely. <laughs> um, but we, we don't have enough Samwises in the world, right? We'll go through it with you. Yeah, yeah. That, that will go into hell with you and be there and be there and, and, and you know be willing to stay with you the whole time, except for the last little bit, which you can only do yourself, right? Well, and I mean, that is the journey, right? The journey is for the person, you know, to achieve something. And you can't achieve something on someone else's behalf. No. It's not possible. You have to throw that ring into the pit. Samwise can't do it. No, yeah. Anyways. No, it's... Uh... I'm going to raise. Let's make this interesting. All right. I've beat you on every single hand so far. I know. I don't think you've won yet tonight. I have won, but they've all been small. I'll check. (laughs) All right, I'll raise. Oh, my gosh. See? Like, you probably... Oh. (laughs) Just run it out. Because... That would have been the first burn. Second burn. Oh, yeah. Do you get a straight? (laughs) No. Three, four, five, six. Almost. 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 Well, thanks guys for watching. I'm going to kill the stream an hour and All 50 right. minutes. Yeah, it was a long one. Thank, Thank you for, for sticking the, with us. Thanks for watching a couple are hands. still here at the end. Anyways, I'm Jason. I'm Dan. See you guys next week. Yeah, see you then.